Congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. Winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcons. Welcome back to another episode of the Against All Enemies podcast. Uh, just going to go ahead and put this out there for you Navy and Army fans. Um, this episode is going to focus solely on Air Force. So, uh, you know, we'd, we'd appreciate it. I mean, you might as well. You're going to have to play Air Force. you have to go through them for the CIC. So might want to get a, a little look at what their schedule is going to be like and what they bring to the table. But uh, this is going to be our schedule preview kind of breakdown episode for Air Force. So Air Force fans... This one is for you. Uh, I'm Justin Mears, the moderator, host of the Against All Enemies podcast and site manager at Against All Enemies. And we got Austin and Scott, our resident Air Force uh, fanatic and lead contributor. And we're excited to talk Air Force football today. Right, fellas? I am fired up. What could be better, talking a little Falcon football? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, midshipman football, but other than that, you know. <laughs> No, it'll be good. I'm excited to talk about it too. I think it'll be a good conversation. It's always good. This, you know, we did all those previews over the last couple episodes, but now to like talk schedules and when things are coming and camp is in full swing. Um, everybody's getting dietitians and new nutritionists and all kinds of stuff. Things are just ramping up and media days um, have occurred. It's it's good stuff. So uh, I don't know. I mean, there's no reason that I don't think to to really wait around. Uh, I will bring up again though. Like we brought up at the last episode, kind of in the middle, um, we are going to host a live recording of our podcast, um, which will be an extensive Navy football preview for the most part, plus some Army coverage during that Army Rice game, the first game of the year. So August 30th from 5 to 6.30 p.m. in downtown Annapolis at Mission Barbecue upstairs. We'll have the upstairs room there. We're going to record the episode. Um, we Sounds like we're going to have some former players, potentially some people from the Navy radio team on. Uh, and it's going to be good stuff. And then you can catch us that Saturday uh, at the Navy Holy Cross game prior to that at the tailgate. And uh, hopefully we have some announcements coming in the next couple of weeks on, uh, you know, partners for that tailgate and beyond uh, as a sponsor of the Against All Enemies podcast. So we're in the works on that, but we definitely are excited about that live show, ready to get football season rolling. So let's jump into the Air Force schedule. And Scott, I know you're going to be kind of, I'll just, I mean, this is going to be your thing. Um, so Air Force's schedule, um, I guess we, we can start with week one or we can just give me an overall maybe kind of look at the schedule and any first kind of glance thoughts before we dive into each week. Sure. So, I mean, it's another year of Falcon football. Obviously really excited about it. Um, it's There's an, a few dynamics going on that I think kind of will help drive the story of Air Force football for, for 2019. Uh, first of all, we got to consider the fact that Nathan Pine is a brand new athletic director. Uh, We've made some pretty big changes that might not go noticed um, by Falcon fans, but basically we're starting to actually privatize that department, which is a good thing. So Nathan Pine comes to us. Um, We we did an interview with him. If you didn't hear it, go back and give that a listen. Um, And he's extremely competent, really good, kind of in the pocket for our size of a school, understands our tradition um, and the legacy that we have at Air Force. And so... I think that him taking over the program um, might make a few people uncomfortable if they don't plan on doing their job well. Um, And obviously not calling anybody out. I think Troy Calhoun has been a fantastic coach for the Falcons since he took over in 2007. Um, But the fact of the matter is that his contract comes up in 2021. We've already had two losing seasons um, in the last two years with relatively easy schedules. Uh, And so I don't know if he plans on retiring or if he plans on extending um, or even if he plans on going to a different school, but I think that this is a really a sink or swim uh, kind of scenario for him. And even though he did say at Mountain West Media Days that this is the toughest schedule the Air Force has probably ever had, um, I really don't even know where that came from. I don't know if he was just trying to hedge hedge already, but I mean, I went back and looked at a lot of the, the schedules that we've had in the past, and as early or as, as recent as 
2006, um, we would have multiple top 25 matchups against SEC opponents, Pac-12, I guess it was Pac-10 back then opponents, um, in big-time schools. So, so the year before he um, got there is what you're saying. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So there's been, there's been a big shift um, since he's been here in the way that we do our scheduling, and it's turned extremely cookie-cutter. Um, and we're going to get into it to break it down, but basically the way we do it is we start out with an extremely easy opponent, so that way uh, all the football players can – you know, have a great game in front of their parents on parents' weekend, and then we usually have a week off, and then we'll play some kind of marquee matchup, whether it's a Power 5 opponent or if we're going to a different stadium uh, to do recruiting. So we played, uh, I believe it was Georgia State a few years ago. We played down in Texas. We played FAU last year. And and then after that, uh, we roll into conference play right before we go into Navy, and then we always play, we always play Navy in October, and we always play Army in November. And then we kind of end the season either on a high note or sometimes it just kind of pitters out um, with with some of the local West games usually, and that's usually Colorado State and Wyoming is kind of rounds out the season. So, um, I, again, I don't know where Troy Calhoun got that from, got the idea from, that we're playing the toughest schedule ever, but it seems pretty typical to me. Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to hear, just for maybe non-Air Force fans, if anybody stuck through, um, me saying this is the Air Force preview and there are other Service Academy fans out there listening in that don't pay attention to the Mountain West as much. Um, like, who would you say Air Force's biggest rival in the Mountain West is or are? Um, and because I think that'll be fun to talk about as we get into the schedule as well. Because uh, to be honest, like coming like last year is my first year following Air Force to the extent that I did. And um, I have my thoughts on what I thought were at least good games, whether they are the, what you would consider the rivalries or not. And I'll bring that up as we go through. But Sure. So I think that is actually a much tougher question than it should be. Um, big proponents of Air Force being in the Mountain West and Mountain West fans would say, oh, well, it's Colorado State or, oh, it's Wyoming for sure. But I can just tell you from my experience of being a cadet there and kind of how the cadets think about it this way, they don't really see it as that big of of a rivalry against either of those schools. And I can tell you that maybe Wyoming thinks of Air Force as a, as a rival, but Colorado State certainly does not. Um, you know, I have friends who went to Colorado State, and their rival is Colorado. And that's just how they see it. Um, so it's tough to say. And the other issue is that it feels like the conference has never matched up with anybody locally. Um, it doesn't seem like Air Force has ever had to play Colorado State or Wyoming for the conference championship or anything like that. And so I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but really, the other issue is that those games come so late in the season um, with the teams that should be our rivals that I really don't think it's manifested itself into a good quality rivalry, rivalry like you see in other conferences or with other teams. Um, so this is kind of a roundabout way of saying that we kind of don't have one. Again, I know that there are fans out there who would, who are probably jumping up and down and screaming right now. Um, but if I really, if you really had to kind of put, um, a label on it, I guess I would give you Colorado state simply because we have, we have the Ram, the Ram Falcon trophy and there's such good history with them. Uh, but at the same time, you know, in more recent memory, Wyoming has a little, been a little bit more of a challenge. Um, kind of gone back and forth a little bit more. And then obviously a few years ago, there was some fireworks when the former coach at Wyoming uh, sort of blew up on Troy Calhoun after Air Force One. Um, so I know a lot of people get really kind of excited about that little storyline as well. So um, yeah, tough to say, but I, I guess that's really kind of my answer. As both a graduate and now um, you know an Air Force fan and, and kind of writer. So uh I think that kind of segues into a good discussion on, on Navy football too, just real quick in terms of the comparison of the schedule, right? Like when you were saying, hey, we play the, the easy FCS team and then we play like one marquee matchup and then you kind of go through conference play with Navy in October, Army in November. I think that's when you are a service academy attached to a conference, it's, you're going to find a pretty normal structure on a year-to-year basis. Uh, obviously with, with Navy, you have the similarity with uh, the Army game, usually, or the, the Air Force game being what in like to- October, and then the Army game being in December, it's on the weekend, um, but tend to be only one other team outside of Notre Dame that they're going to be scheduling every year, and it's likely going to be an FCS opponent, it's likely going to be a home game that so that they're you know supposed to win. Uh, so I think that's, I don't want to call it, 
it's just a byproduct. Let's call it a byproduct of being in a conference and being a service academy team. So you know you have to have two of those opponents, whether it's Army and Air Force, Navy and Army, whoever it is, every single year. It kind of restricts restricts how you're going to set that up, which is, I think, fine. Um, but uh, to your point, I see the similarity with Navy because you have those service academy rival games. It's hard to have a third or a fourth rivalry. Um and being new, Navy being new, new to the American Conference makes it even harder. Obviously, Air Force has more longevity in, inside of the Mountain West, but uh, I still think that's just a challenge because inherently, whoever that rivalry is in the conference is going to be the third biggest rival of the season, right? And no, no real program can stem rivalries, I feel like, that deep. Uh, but on the outside looking in, I've always kind of considered it. I know the, the Colorado State, uh, trophy game but for, for me in the last five six years I guess it's always been Wyoming who I've thought of uh, and I was thinking NCAA the last NCAA EA sports game I forget when that was made 14 um, when you select rivalry game it's the Army Navy game I don't know what pops up for Air Force I'm curious now so you're absolutely right um, pretty much about everything but there was one point that I, I kind of want to go to so as far as the cookie cutter schedule, I don't even necessarily have a problem with that. It's the fact that Air Force, the if you really want to be honest about where we kind of stand in comparison to the other two service academies, um, we are behind. I mean, and you can see that kind of from casual fans who may not who may be college football fans but aren't necessarily fans of service academy football. When it comes time for the Army Navy game, how many tweets are out there that says this is the only game where Everybody on the field is willing to lay down their life for their country. How many people ignore the fact that there have already been two inter-service academy matchups? So the problem that I have with it is not even necessarily that we do the exact same thing, but at least what we can say for Navy, um, being that they the similarity between them and Air Force is that they're in a conference, is that at least Navy does things that are, and I, for lack of a better word, gimmicky, by going over to Ireland to play against Notre Dame, and then obviously the fanfare surrounding the Army-Navy game. So I think at a minimum... Air Force could start to think outside the box. If you look back at the 1970 schedule, we played a game in Bush Stadium in St. Louis uh, against Missouri, and we also played in RFK Stadium uh, against Navy that year. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to help grow the brand of Air Force football by at least doing things to ramp up these matchups. And and quite frankly, I, I just don't think that we've done enough, in at least in the last few years. And I think, as it stands, in terms of national exposure, we are at a real low point when you look at Air Force historically. Yeah, and so uh, real quick, and then we'll, we got 12 games to go through, so we'll jump in. I know I, I initiated that conversation, but I think you make a good point, and that's where Nathan Pine comes in here, right, is like he's the new AD, not a colonel, an Air Force colonel or you know, um, career Air Force person turned athletic department uh, personnel but is a legitimate previous established AD coming over from Holy Cross, like you said, very fits the size of the school and the profile of the school very well. And this is where, you know, honestly, like he's going to have to, to be more like Chet to, to do that. Like I, I would agree with you like that um, there's a difference in the Navy cookie cutter schedule and the Air Force cookie cutter schedule. And, um, and we know Navy's playing uh, their FCS team because kind of an agreement with the Patriot league, because they're in the Patriot league to play a Patriot league team each year to help them out. Um, but Air Force could mix that up a little bit, um, I, I feel like, like you said, or, or at least you know, look at different types of games. And we're going to get to this year's kind of marquee non-conference matchup, but it's one that I think I would ho- hope you're excited for. I'm excited for. I think it's a great game. To Austin's point, just to finish this out, I think – I agree. Like if I'm, I'm looking at Air Force last year, I watch uh, I would say 10 or 12 games. I probably missed one or two being at Navy games or something like that. But I watched most every game. Um, and the game that stood out to me the most was the Wyoming game. And I kind of felt the same way, like Wyoming. I don't know what it was. It just kind of felt, uh, just watching it, felt closest to a, a rivalry of any of the games that I watched last year. So for whatever that's worth from an outsider perspective. Um, all right, so let's jump in. First game of the year, right? You said cookie uh, or uh, the, the cupcake game, right? I don't remember how you described it. The, the game that you absolutely should win. Um, but this is no slouch. This is a team first game in Colgate that Army played last year. Uh, and when they came in to play Army, they were undefeated coming into that game. Now, Army beat them by two touchdowns, 28-14. But when they came into that game, uh, they had not given up a touchdown. This is November 17th was the Army game. They had not given up a touchdown since week one, September 1st. Um, 
and they had held their opponents total to 12 points in the previous nine games. Um, this is a team that that was just lights out on defense. Had some running backs that were that I think are gone now, but um, they were just uh, dynamic from an FCS perspective. They ended up um, up to like number eight or nine in the country. Um, went and beat a uh, James Madison team um, in the FCS playoffs in the second round after getting a bye, and then they went up against North Dakota State and got shut out. But that's North Dakota State, right? So this is a really good FCS program. Um, that's going to make its way out to Colorado Springs for the first game. So, thoughts on Colgate? Yeah, I, they're gonna they're gonna look to make a statement. And I think a huge problem is that because it's an easy game for Air Force to be caught on their heels. You know, you've got parents coming out. Um, everybody's excited with getting back to school. They're they're still not exactly in a rhythm. It's only a month after school starts, um, and they're a very good team. I think there's also the aspect that. No one really knows much about Colgate when you're out at the academy. I mean, I know you guys do being in the Patriot League, but for the most part, all that it really garners when Air Force cadets think about it is like bad toothpaste puns. So I, I think that there's a lot of um, there's a lot to be said about Colgate. They're returning some fantastic players. Uh, Grant Bremen, he was selected as the offensive pre- preseason player of the year. Uh, a junior quarterback, and they also have a senior lineman named Wick, Nick Wheeler who was selected as the defensive preseason player of the year um, for the Patriot League. So that is a really scary thing when you have this team that how are you going to watch a ton of film? I mean, you have you have a little bit from last year, but um, they're really a team that could come in and just pop us in the mouth if they're taking it more seriously than we are. And I think that when you play the kind of schedule that we do, you kind of get lulled into this belief that, okay, we'll win the first game. If we lose the first, uh, lose the second game, maybe split the next few games. And then you just start kind of doing war gaming when it comes to how are we going to get into a bowl game? How are we going to win back the commander's chiefs trophy? If we were to lose this game, uh, it could be a huge catalyst to completely change the way the air force thinks about the rest of the season. And I don't necessarily think that would even be the worst thing. I'm not wishing that we, that we lose, but um, I, I just hope that we take this game as an opportunity to learn lessons because I never get that feeling with any of our first games of the season, uh, whether it be against VMI or Stony Brook. It's just a game where guys get to go in and put on an ESPN top 10 highlight reel. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, for making me pick a team, I'm picking Air Force to win this game, but Colgate, uh, the clear favorite to win the Patriot League, which is not historically a strong FCS conference, but they have kind of solidified themselves as being the top team within it. Uh, even, yeah, you kind of mentioned to it, the, the preseason all-league team, they have five players on offense, three on defense, the kicker, and the return specialist. So I look at that, and I'm like, all right, they, they should have a pretty solid team, right? All facets of the game, they should be able to be comparable and, and, and skill level to make a competitive game. Um, I still like Air Force at home. You know, Colgate's got a long travel to Colorado to make that happen. I think the intangibles are going to be in Air Force's favor. But you are correct. Uh, and this is something I'll kind of wrap up when we get to the end of this entire discussion of this entire recording. Um, you know, Troy Calhoun needs needs to get a winning season this year, uh, at least from an outsider's perspective. It's, what, two years in a row at five and seven. I don't think you want a third losing season. Uh, and losing week one to Colgate would not, in my, I, mean, I, I know what you're saying, and maybe it, a lesson is learned, but for me, I'm like, oof, like, I think that's a quick hot seat for Troy Calhoun if that happens. Yeah, well, and one other thing that I wanted to mention about uh, this winning season uh, and Nathan Pine is that Nathan Pine also probably has to worry about how the team does for his job because we've gotten multiple letters from the Association of Graduates saying that we want to have massive improvements made to Falcon Stadium. Um, obviously, the sooner the better because we have the NHL game that's going to be hosted for the outdoor series at Falcon Stadium. So they want to make these changes. And having a losing, a losing season uh, for the third year in a row does not bode well for getting people to pay up money. So I think... Hopefully there's added pressure on Air Force to really get in there and play well this season. So I just wanted to say that as far as the overall picture as well. Yeah, no, just to echo Austin, like I think Air Force is going to win this game. But if I'm kind of looking at this, uh, looking at well, first of all, Colgate plays all on the East Coast, right, uh, for the most part in their schedule traveling out to Colorado. And, and we joke about it somewhat, but, I mean, it's legi- it's a legitimate thing, right, playing at altitude. Um, and they've, none of these guys on this team have, have done that probably. Um, not, you know, and so they're, they're probably the only team on the schedule 
that's not accustomed to making that um, trek out to Air Force every other year or every few years. Um, so that, I mean, that plays a factor. But I, I think at the end of the day, Air Force wins. But if I'm the casual Air Force fan that doesn't know, like to Scott's point, who Colgate is, um, how good they were last year, how good they're going to be probably FCS-wise this year. This is an FCS playoff team probably again. Um, and Air Force wins by 10 points, uh, 31-21 or something like that, right? And then their casual Air Force fan looks at that like, man, well, this is off to a terrible start. We're supposed to win this game by 50 points, right, and shut them out. Um, and I don't think that's going to be the case. And so then you start um, already kind of feeling that. Um, but, but, but if you really look at it, I, I think Air Force is the better team. Air Force will win. Um, which then gets into game two. Um, so you get a bye week, right? So that's an interesting thing. Any, any thoughts yep. on bye week, week two after playing Colgate? <laughs> uh, I never think it does much. I think bye weeks can be taken one of two ways. It can be either teams really shift their focus and get down to the grind and prepare for their next opponent and come in fresh. Um, I think for Air Force, a second, a sec- a week two bye is not a good thing. Um, especially when we go up against an FCS opponent to open up the season. Uh, I think they kind of ride high on the confidence. I'm sure they get a few days off of practice, um, and then I, I guess they start to play, but they have an inflated sense of you know, how good they are, and I, I always get the feeling that whenever we play these games, whether it was FAU, we had kind of a comeback against them, um, and it's been a few years since we played a big school. I believe our last... Um, matchup against a power five opponent was Michigan and Colorado is obviously in Michigan, but it's, it's still really a difficult thing. So I don't know if it's necessarily the best for us. I I am a big believer in momentum. Um, I think air force really rides momentum well, and I would love to see us play a solid opponent. Maybe, I mean, obviously a conference matchup is tough week one because so many teams like to play out of conference, but um, I'd like to see us at least get on a roll before we go play them. But it's really not the case. Um, so yeah, Air Force on September 14th will be airlifted um, from Colorado Springs all the way up to Boulder. And it's Colorado is an interesting team this year. Obviously, they're a Pac-12 team. Uh, they have a new coach who has some unique thoughts on football. He says he wants to get back to old school ways. Um, he wants to allow his defense to hit people in the mouth. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, they are still a Power 5 team. Their quarterback is a monster. The dude's six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds. One of the top uh, thirty quarterbacks on the preseason watch list for the Davy O'Brien Award. Um, named number twelve quarterback in the nation by Phil Steele's College Football, um, and the list goes kind of on and on for him. And I think Air Force. It, it goes back to what I said about um, Air Force's defense and the the defensive line. It, it's just impossible really to prepare for somebody who's going to be oversized you know I don't think Air Force has a six foot five 230 pound quarterback who we can who we can have on scout team so dealing with that somebody with that kind of speed someone who can stand up and throw the ball it's it's tough to replicate in preparation um and then also on Colorado on their defensive side I mean they have another great player junior Nate Landman um ranked the number 22 inside linebacker nationally had some monster stats last year with 123 tackles um, and a few sacks. And so whenever you, I think whenever service academies play against power five teams, uh, the expectation is that they do not win. But I think historically, even when the service academies aren't playing great football, they always tend to fare pretty well because, um, I spoke with Jay Feely last fall, um, about some of his thoughts and the differences between service academy and triple option football and power five football. And he said, it's extremely difficult when you're a power five team to shift your focus over to a triple option team. It's much harder for, for them to do that than it is for air force to worry about pro style offenses, um, and, and more typical ways that college football teams play today. So, um, I don't know. I I think that air force probably has a better chance of winning this game than they do against some of their, uh, some of their tougher conference opponents. And that's just because, you know, it's been, it's been like some like 40 years. I think it was 1974 was the last time they played each other. Um, and then obviously you have that kind of variable of, it's just something new for both sides of the ball. So, yeah, um, we, we can get into that. I'm curious to get Austin's take on this. Cause to be honest with you, Scott, when you kind of just went through that, it was kind of like, Oh, this is just another ho-hum P five game. And, I didn't know what to expect with you kind of bringing up Colorado, but I mean, that's the only other FBS program in the state outside of the one that you play for the Ram Falcon trophy every year, Falcon Ram trophy, whatever it is, uh, right. In Colorado state. 
and uh, you haven't played them since 1974. You haven't been to Boulder since 1973. Um, and I don't know. I kind of felt like, man, this is this is cool. Like you're playing Colorado. Um, it's not far from from obviously Colorado Springs to Boulder, like you said, just hopping up over to Boulder. And you haven't played them in in 40 years, 45 years, or whatever it is. Um, and I don't know. I just kind of felt like that. Like that. That should be something that Air Force playing Colorado. Um, and I think. Part of it too is is what this you know the, the chances that Air Force has of winning this game, and I think they're actually pretty good. You have a first year coach like you said, and Mel Tucker, um, who has a pretty significant pedigree in that he played for Barry Alvarez. He was uh, his first coaching job was under Nick Saban, uh, and he played for Jim Trestle, uh, and or played for Jim Trestle. He coached for Jim Trestle. Uh, spent ten seasons in the NFL and was a you know a coordinator for seven seasons in the NFL and came back with Saban for a year and then Kirby Smart hired him away as defensive coordinator for three years at Georgia. Um, I mean he's got a pretty impressive pedigree, but it's his first year. He's taken over a team that wasn't very good last year uh, and outside of like you said a really good quarterback, um, maybe not very good this year. And they're coming off of a game against one of their old big time rivals from the original Big Eight, Nebraska. Uh, they're not coming off a, a bye week, so they get the Colorado State rivalry, if that's what you want to call it, and then they then they have to play Nebraska, and then uh, they get Air Force. And so I like where this where this falls for Air Force. I kind of fall on the I'd rather not have an early bye week, but if I got it, and and Colorado's coming off a Nebraska game, and then has to come play a triple option team in Air Force, um, I don't know. Like I think Air Force can go to Boulder and win this game. And and so I think I don't know I, I'm excited to watch that game. It's already kind of announced as a one o'clock game too, which is nice. So I don't have to wait up super late to watch any you know watch the game. Um, I'm excited for it. Austin, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean I I wrestle with myself back and forth whether you tell me I have to pick who's going to win this game. So I hope that that means it's going to lead to an exciting game. Um, yeah, the Nebraska game before that obviously plays into it. You got the Colorado straight. You already mentioned it. I mean, the third game in a row for for uh, Colorado, which I think, in a way, kind of means something. Where you have two in-state FBS programs, and yeah, you already mentioned the Nebraska tie um, is a home game for Colorado. So I, I I do like that edge for them. But if with the week off, I think Air Force makes it more competitive. I, though, have a hard time picking Air Force to win the game, which is crazy to say for me. Uh, I don't think Colorado is a strong uh, F or Power 5 program. They might be, they're probably better than Oregon State, but they're definitely in the bottom tier of the Pac-12 this year. Uh, there's this, there's an unknown aspect to them, but if you're telling me i got to pick, I'm probably going to take Colorado on this one. Yeah, another thing, too, is they're gearing up for Pac-12. They go right into Pac-12 play, uh, Arizona State, Arizona, Oregon, the next three weeks after. So, I don't know, I just think it's like a perfect spot um, for Air Force to, to pull what definitely will be an upset um, over Colorado in Week 2. And I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Air Force. I think I'm going to go with Air Force winning that game. Scott, what, what what's your final call on that one? I mean, if we have a Navy guy saying Air Force, then I have to say Air Force. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's just the way it goes. I'm, I'm keeping gonna, a tally here. I can't. See. So right now we got Air Force 2-0 going into Week 3. For Scott, yeah, and you have and you have them one, you have them one and one, right? So we have two people say two and zero and one, one and one, right? Yeah, I'm just going with the group. So the group, okay, consensus. I guess yeah, two yeah, out of three. Consensus says two zero, right? Okay, now. okay. Um, all right. Probably not what FanDuel had. Probably had them one and one, but we'll go two and zero. Okay, so week three though, um, they're at or week four, I guess. But third game, they've gone. They have to play this tough Power Five game against Colorado. Um, I guess there's not as much emotion in that as I thought, but whatever. Uh, and then they come right back on a six day, right? Uh, it's a Friday night game, right? Against Boise state. So they don't have a full week to prepare at Boise state on the blue turf. What's you, what, what, what's, what are we looking at? So Boise state is it, from what it seems, they're the strongest team in the conference. Um, when it came down to the coaches poll, um, where the coaches were not allowed to, to vote for themselves as well. Um, they got nine first place votes. And so, I mean, that's, that really says something about the respect that everybody has for, um, for Boise state. As I've said, it, they're kind of an outlier in the conference and that they get a little bit of, I want to say special treatment, but I think people recognize the fact that they're more of a national brand than some of our other teams, um, that we have. The TV but, contract would say otherwise. They would say they definitely get special treatment, but 
go on. Okay, go on. there we go. So, <laughs> so that's the definitive proof. So, I, yeah, so I can say it and not get yeah called out. But uh, so a little bit different. Um, they have they and actually you corrected me when I was going through the stats originally. I I was like, oh, Britt Rippin's coming back again. Um, they are graduate. They have graduated and lost an underclassman to the draft um, this season. So they, I mean, maybe it is a little bit of a rebuilding year for them. But the rest of the conference doesn't seem to think so. Um, they have a their quarterback is Chase McCord, and he's coming back. He did get a little bit of playing time last year. Uh, he only threw nine passes, so there's not really any film on him. Um, but obviously, if he was playing behind behind um, Rippin, there's something to be said about that. Um, that you know, he he kind of comes from he he was playing alongside a high caliber quarterback, so I think he's probably learned a lot uh, during his time there so far. And then um, they also lost their running back to the NFL draft, who was a junior. And so that was a little bit surprising, um, I think, for a lot of people, because I didn't think he was – I thought he was good, but I didn't exactly think he was ready for the draft. I thought he would maybe stick it out for another year. Uh, but they have a guy named Robert Mahone who's coming in. Um, same thing, didn't really perform that great last season. Uh, only averaged four yards per run, had no touchdowns. Um, and what I think makes me excited about this, when you play a tough opponent, I think chaos is a good thing. And maybe Boise State, who's a little bit more dynamic, is used to playing bigger games, doesn't think of this as chaos. But I think shaking it up and moving this game. Um, traditionally, we play Boise State in late November. Last season was the earliest we played them in some time uh, when we played them in late October. And now we're playing them September. So I think that's a good thing. Um, the last time that we even played them in, in uh, September was in 2014, and um, I, I mean it, it's just gonna be tough. We Boise State has not been great forever though. Um, we have we have basically split the series against them, um, but the last time we won was 2016. So I, I think this is probably going to be, I would say, our toughest matchup of the season, even probably tougher than Colorado, given all of given all the details on it. For me, I, I mean, take, taking on Boise at home on a Friday night sounds like something I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't really, I don't want to say I don't give Air Force a chance, but uh, I, I definitely see Boise coming out on top of that. Is this like laying on do Thursday open... nights? What's that? Is this like laying on Thursday nights, trying to play at, at Boise at the Blue Turf on Friday nights? Uh, yeah, I mean, what maybe what it used to be on Thursday nights at Lane, but that's a whole other podcast yeah. we talk about. Uh, um, looking at Boise though I mean they do open opening weekend against Florida State so you know they, they got a big game opening weekend so see how they bounce back you know after that that's actually in Jacksonville which I would love to go to but I will be in Annapolis which is a great place to be instead uh, Marshall then Portland State and they got six days before they play Air Force so Portland State's I don't know how they're supposed to be this year historically I don't think a terrible program right anybody have any idea Not, West Coast guys anybody know I mean I don't I don't know if they're I wouldn't say terrible, but I don't think they're a FCS no. powerhouse by any means. Powerhouses. So then you got that in between, right? So I don't know. For me, everything's pointing towards towards Boise kind of winning that game by, by two scores or more, in my opinion. Yeah. So let's see. Last year, Portland State won three games. Ninth, finished ninth in the big sky. So, I, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I just – that game is, it's a, like I said, Friday night at Boise on primetime, right, on ESPN2, which is great. So Scott hasn't actually made this point yet about the TV coverage, but this is a big, big game for Air Force and that it's going to be on primetime TV on Friday night. Um, nothing else really to watch uh, on ESPN2. And, uh, it, yeah, I mean, I'm going, I'm going Boise for sure on that one, so. And I agree with Scott. I think this might be the, t the toughest matchup of the, of the season, even more so than Colorado, just given the short time time frame, short turnaround, and at Boise State on a Friday night. Yeah, I I also think, and, and I'll just kind of give some credence, I mean, I have to say it, I, I think Air Force takes a loss on this one, but if we are to find a way to win this game, I think that will set us up potentially to have um, – a historically good season. And again, think about those little intangibles that I said. If Troy Calhoun can kind of get back to who he is as a coach, um, back when he was going to bowl games almost every year and having winning seasons, if he and, and that's that's the thing. We have played these guys. As much as they know how to shut us down, 
Troy Calhoun can find a way to win against them. So if we if we win this game, I think it sets us up um, to play extremely well because really it's kind of all downhill after this game in terms of uh, talent. We still have Fresno State. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, okay, come on. <laughs> Navy and Army and Navy are not Boise State. They're just not. But um, and, and yeah, it, it's obviously still a long way to go. But I think getting those really really tough games out of the way early. Um, it can just set a precedent for the rest of the season, I think. I think it's a good uh, good break before I say something I'm going to regret. Yeah, yeah, we can take a break here. That sounds good. <laughs> Probably should already take one. So, all right, we'll, we'll take a break here. Uh, we are, yeah, yeah, definitely should have taken a break by now. Uh, we'll take a break, come back. Uh, we just finished up the third game of the season for Air Force. Right now we have Air Force at 2-1, and one, according to our consensus, with that loss being to Boise State and a surprise upset over Colorado. And we'll be back to talk the next, I guess, third of or fourth of the season uh, after this break. Um, all right, welcome back to the Against All Enemies podcast. Uh, we're here talking Air Force football schedule, Air Force season. Um, we've already kind of gone through an overall view of the season. First game, tough FCS opponent in Colgate. Then they get to go play Colorado for the first time in 45 years in Boulder. And then they take on Boise State on Friday night right after that on six days uh, rest and then after that you know there's a little reprieve right scott we get san jose state right so what you got on san jose state uh san jose state pretty pretty stock mountain west team when you think mountain west just kind of okay football sort of on the verge some of these guys probably could have played power five they have sort of pro style offenses but not really offense is super unimpressive um tyler nevins nevins was the leading rusher on the team last year ran for 504 yards and four touchdowns um, pretty good defense. Ethan Aguayo is a senior linebacker, uh, tallied 106 tackles. I mean, that's that's nothing to, nothing to sneeze at. Um, honorable men, honorable mention, All Mountain West, and then they have Jesse Asuna, who's an, another linebacker, um, had 93 tackles and two interceptions. Their head coach, it's his first season coaching against Air Force since he took over in 2017, um, and I don't know. I just think it's it's definitely kind of a lock for Air Force to win, um, and really just i'm not really too worried about it at home as well yeah yeah i mean we could pretty much i don't we could keep talking but you know it, for brent brennan in his third season he's uh three and 22 in his first two seasons coming off of a one and 11 season uh i did not watch many san jose state games but in fact i only watched one last year and that was the army one and army just ran rough shot over them especially in the second half i don't even remember what the final score was but there was like eight turnovers. It seemed like uh, every time I turned around, it was a defensive touchdown for Army. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I consider them literally, and I don't know, like west of the Mississippi, arguably one of the worst FBS programs like currently in my mind. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, they're like I said, they're coming off of a a two and ten year and a one and eleven year coming into the third season for Brennan. So um, I, I, the S and P, uh, Bill Connolly's S and P, he got through the Mountain West before leaving for ESPN. So thanks, Bill. Um, but he has them at three and nine, and 117th best team in the in the FBS. So, all right. But you get that little reprieve. Almost, I'm gonna say, almost like probably maybe even an easier game than Colgate. To be honest with you, in that first game, <laughs> um, taking on San Jose State there. Uh, but then we get to the CIC. So we will spend a little bit more time on this, right? So October 5th, uh, go ahead and throw out there. We intend to be there. We intend to do a live show there. Um, Scott Scott intends to be there. Right, so this should be a lot of fun. Um, for that reason, uh, I'm super excited. I'm excited to do that first show with Austin at our 10 year union, but I'm really excited um, to get Scott out to Annapolis to do a live show um, somewhere either at you know Saturday the tailgate or Friday before or whatever we end up doing. Um, tailgate strong on Saturday. Get get Scott in the press box. Get Scott and Scott Strassmeyer. Get Scott and Scott together, and uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I. I also, and I obviously have things to add because it's Navy. So what are your thoughts first, Scott? Anything can happen. That is one of the biggest things that I say. Um, I think I'm probably one of the biggest believers that absolutely anything can happen in service academy games. I think the last few years have been absolutely shocking. I think it was shocking um, when we played against Navy when Jalen Robinette and Weston Steelhammer were on the team. Uh, I think I was extremely surprised last year. I don't, I don't think Air Force was playing that well, um, and we came out and, and looked like a million bucks. So it's really tough to say. I think Air Force has improved um, 
well. I think that they have a lot of good returning players, but I think Navy is going to be a completely different team. And I and like I said, it, I'm hesitant to call it a trap game because obviously everybody goes in knowing this is a huge rivalry for us um, and Navy as well. But um, I think there is going to be some kind of belief and some memory on some of these players who were in the game last year and just kind of thinking, oh, you know, it's just Navy. Like, we crushed them last year. Um, so if we do kind of fall into that trap and believe that this is going to be the same team who just lets us run all over the place, uh, it's just not going to be the case. When it, when it comes to service academy games for me, I, I, I look at these two teams and say, hey, to be honest with you, both teams are probably around like a six five or six win season um, on paper. Like no one's sticking out to me between Air Force and Navy. Like, man, they're going to get nine wins. Like I'm not confident, obviously, to say that about either of the programs. So I see them both comparable in, in, in that regard. So then I just say, all right, flip a coin. So who's at home? And if you look back, um, 2012 is the last time an away team won this game, if I'm correct. 2012, Navy won at Colorado Springs. Uh, oddly enough, in 2011, Air Force won Indianapolis. So it just doesn't happen too often. Um, and since no team between the two is really sticking out of me, I, I give Navy the edge for the home game and that uh, and that matchup today. But I believe that game in 2011, if I remember correctly, I think I was at it, um, that was a overtime thriller? Yeah, that was the yeah, one where um, what's-his-face quarterback that I don't want to remember his name because I don't want to talk about him. Um, yeah, I mean, we had the the uh, excessive celebration or whatever it was, taunting penalty on the extra point and then missed the extra point the second time and lost by one point, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, and maybe had a comeback to even get to that point, yep, if I remember correctly. Yeah, a huge comeback. Well. I was at that game too, Scott. That was one of the few games I made it to while I was on active duty um, in the squadron. But that was, yeah, I mean, that was that was a big game. Um, and then the uh, 2012 game at Air Force was also an overtime game, 28-21, right? So you look at both those games, in order to win those games on the road, in the last 10 years, both teams had to go to overtime um, to do so. So I, that was the same point I was going to make, Austin, um, in that the, the home team almost always wins this game. Um, it's just something about it. It's going to be evenly matched. I don't think it'll be a blowout either way like last year. Um, and it just seems to happen. I mean, even you look two years ago, um, the crazy comeback, the crazy touchdown pass to Tyler Carmona at the end, right, to win that game for you. I mean, you start look, thinking about um, – that's why I said I was so excited because – um, love Army Navy, but like these Air Force Navy games, just in my mind from the last 15 years of being a fan or whatever. I mean, there's a, a lot of games that stick out because they're all, they just always seem to have craziness. To Scott's point, and, and I think we went to all four as a mid, the two of us. We right? did, yeah, we did. And mm-hmm. uh, no, I missed the last one because I was in Egypt. Ah, yep, yep, yeah. Bummer. Freshman and junior year were at home. Um, freshman year was that last second field goal too in the rain. They held us back. They made us come back on the from rushing the field because there's like one second left in the game. But anyways, uh, we're, we're digressing there. But the, the, the main thing here is um, that, that this will be a really close game. And I'm going Navy and not – it's because I think this is going to be a very evenly matched game. Um, I think Navy comes into this season and this, this first CIC match having not won a CIC game in, what, five games now? Um, or no, I guess they beat Air Force in 2017. Um, but – four games right three one two three three games um so uh, they haven't won one in, in in a couple of years and yeah home team i'm giving it to navy and that sounds like the same for you austin yeah i get i mean it sounds like we can't maybe turn our take our blinders off but that's what we're all saying i'm sure scott's picking air force yeah, here. we'll go ahead and just say I'm, scott you don't have to answer you're going with air force i got it but the two to one consensus now air force is now three and two on the season according to my calculations after losing the Navy. But you're going to have a lot of fun in Annapolis, Scott. I promise you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, the, the last thing I'll say real quick before we move on is that what I think is really interesting about this game, if we were to run some kind of statistic, I feel like every single one of these games, there's blocked field goals, blocked punts, and lots of interceptions and turnovers. And so West Point has already showed us kind of the key to winning in these service county matchups, and that's limiting those and forcing them on the other team. I think Air Force has a lot of guys, especially on defense, um, who are playmakers who can do that, and that's why I'm giving the edge to Air Force this season. I would agree that Fair on enough. defense they're going to produce more turnovers over the course of the year. I would agree with that statement. So I'll give the home field advantage, and obviously Austin feels the same way. So, yeah, all right. So we get through the, the Navy game, um, and 
We follow that up with back home against Fresno State. Let's kind of run through Fresno State real quick. Jeff Tedford is a good coach, right, a really good coach. Um, Air Force did pull out a victory uh, last time they played them, according to, to your notes, Scott. So what do we got in, mm-hmm. in Fresno State and the Bulldogs? Yeah, so the last time we did play them, we got the win. Um, the two things about that, again, we had Weston Steelhammer, Jalen Robinette, and an established quarterback. Um, I believe Nate Romine was actually starting back then. So the problem with that is that Fresno State was not good. So um, it was kind of an interesting time, but they've really turned it around. Jeff Tedford, just to go back, he has coached some incredible players, Marshawn Lynch, Aaron Rodgers, Trent Dilfer. Um, eh, did I just call Trent Dilfer, incredible. I don't know, but he has coached some some big names, um, and so right now they have some they have some good players. So they are supposed to win the West Division, uh, which I found was really interesting. Or they they were named the number one team in the West, which I found to be really interesting considering the fact that they are not returning that many great players um, in the big positions. So they have Jorge Reina, who is a graduate student, and he's playing. Um, a senior season after a redshirt junior year is the backup quarterback. And so he had kind of an interesting um, story where he transferred from West LA college and went over to Fresno state and um, not fantastic statistics. And so I'm not hundred percent sure. Maybe he'll be settled into the role. He's a little bit older, maybe a little bit more mature. Um, but I really don't know where we're getting all this excitement about him from. Um, and then their running back is Ronnie rivers. He's a junior uh, 10 touchdowns last season, 5.6 yards per carry. Um, pretty solid, but I don't know. It, it's it's a tough matchup because just from actually doing the hard research, it looks like we should have a chance against them. It looks like they don't they couldn't really hold a candle to, to Boise State, but all the other analysts um, are are kind of saying that they can and that they're going to be good and that they're still kind of rising up. They're going to be even better than last year. So that is a tough thing for me, and I know I'm kind of falling into groupthink and in saying that. Um, but I think Air Force has a chance, but I unfortunately I'm going to say Fresno p- picks up the win over us. And I'm kind of on along the same track lines as you and your thought process. So you can talk about home field advantage and everything. Then that game is going to be uh, in Colorado Springs. It's supposed to be a night game, um, or at least later afternoon, I guess Colorado time. Uh, but Fresno State, the odds makers like them for a good year. Uh, and you look at their schedule, they start off with USC and Minnesota. Those are their two big games. And then after that is where they start picking up their wins. Um, Sacramento State, then New Mexico State, and then Air Force. So uh, it's almost, they play Minnesota on September 7th and don't play Air Force again until October 12th. So that Sacramento State and New Mexico State games, I don't find to be very challenging for them. They have a bye week within there as well. So they almost have a month before they really play air force competition from when they played minnesota so I, I do expect them to be able to field a pretty strong and healthy team at that point uh which kind of leads me to believe fresno state's going to win but i do think that's very that's a winnable game for air force yeah uh i don't have anything to add you guys already gave two votes to fresno so we'll go ahead and give them the win um but i think that if we're looking when we, when we get to the end of this obviously we feel like well the colorado ones was probably a flip the navy one's probably a flip and the fresno one so far um, you know, we gave a, an upset against Colorado. Um, I don't know where the odds makers would have the Navy Air Force game. I would, I'm guessing Air Force would be favored in that game. Um, I, I think that's a pretty good guess. And then, um, so here, you know, I, I don't know. There's a, there's several of these games already that that could go either way. But I would tend to agree with you anyways. So Fresno State, um, we're giving them the win, even though it's in Colorado Springs. And then you travel to Hawaii. So. That's pretty cool. Middle of October, get to go to Hawaii for a little, little bit, uh, get to go hang out on the beach. And uh, I watched two Hawaii games last year because Navy and Army played Hawaii last year. And I remember the Navy game for not very good reasons. Um, just because, I don't know, it, it was the first game, right, of the year for Navy last year. And and so, of course, there's the optimism of, of all right, new season, put the kind of terrible end of the, the previous season behind us. And... Uh, Oh, Cole McDonald's good at quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. So, Yeah, so uh, Hawaii, I don't even know how to describe them. They're kind of a squirrely team. Like, really, when you when you look at, down at their roster, their depth chart, I mean, Cole McDonald is, is a great player, um, but he's he's definitely a big playmaker. He's got fantastic hair, uh, long blonde dreadlocks. <laughs> he does have fantastic um, hair, yeah. Six in the NCAA for, in passing touchdowns last season um, with 36. 
and, and he was basically in the top eight with, uh, I think, five other stats. So he's really, really good. But they also seem like kind of a one-trick pony. And so if all they're going to present to Air Force is a speedy, shifty quarterback, I have a feeling that our linebackers and DBs uh, wouldn't really have a problem containing that um, and, and won't let them break away on long runs or anything like that. Um, Hawaii is just a weird team, and we're playing this game at 9 o'clock uh, Colorado time, uh, which puts that at, I don't know, something like 5 o'clock um, Hawaii time. So not a huge adjustment for Air Force uh, in the grand scheme of things compared to whatever happened. I know that was there was some controversy with Army last year, something about it was going to be like 11 o'clock for them or something. Um, but Hawaii is, um, yeah, like I said, kind of a one-trick pony. They, they have a huge running back. He's 250 pounds um, at, at only 5'11". And so I have a feeling that they are still just going to try and build this offense around Cole McDonald and kind of let him do his thing. Um, but I think this is a this is going to be a game that's completely different than any other team Air Force has played this season. But I think Air Force will have no problem taking down Hawaii. Um, I favor Air Force in this game as well. I, I know probably none of these players have played necessarily at Hawaii, but I feel like the staff has a good understanding of what it's like to go out there and have a good plan in place. And I think Hawaii's strength, which we've talked about with Cole McDonald and, and offense and how they're throwing the ball, kind of plays into the defensive strengths of Air Force, where I think Air Force can kind of make up for that game on the road and, and ultimately pulling out pulling out a win. Yeah, and I think um, part of what made them so good last year was their receiving core, which is gone. Um, and John, John Arsua um, was one of the best receivers in all of college football uh, last year. He ended up with over 1,300 yards receiving 89 receptions, 1,343 yards receiving, and 16 touchdowns last year um, as a receiver. He's now on the Seahawks competing actually with Keenan Reynolds um, for one of the last kind of uh, spots probably on the wide receiver core for the Seahawks. Uh, and so I think that's actually a huge loss for them. That was their go-to guy. Um, he lit up Navy for sure. And and so I would tend to say, yeah, I think it's a little bit uh, of a course correction for them, and I'd give the edge to Air Force too. By the way, Boy, uh, Hawaii plays Boise the week before that Air Force game, so of note. So after Hawaii, uh, then we're going to have to travel back from Hawaii. So yeah, maybe not in the Hawaii game as big of a deal based on the time of the game, um, but they do have to make the trek back from Hawaii to Colorado, and then they welcome Gary Anderson back back at Utah State with the Aggies uh, after some not-so-good stints at, at a couple other Power 5 schools. Um, so Utah State, tough team, Jordan Love. Uh, maybe the best quarterback in the conference, Scott. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that Jordan Love is going to be the best quarterback that we play all season. Utah State, uh, like, I, like I told you guys about the other uh, Mountain West matchups we've already had, kind of a stock Mountain West team um, in their playing style and the players that they have, but the difference is that their stock players are really, really good. Uh, so they have Jordan Love, who is suspected, or who's supposed to go, uh, supposedly as a first-round draft pick next year. And then they have DJ Williams, who has also gotten um, some Mountain West honors, uh, not from the Mountain West, but from like Athlon Sports and Phil Steele's magazine. Um, and then David Woodward, who is was named the Pro Football Focus Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year and second team All Mountain West. Um, I guess the only really big hole that they're going to have to fill is they lost Darwin Thompson, um, who he was taken sixth round of the draft by the Chiefs. Uh, but it's it's a really dangerous team, and Air Force knows exactly what they're going up against. We play them regularly, uh, and I think it's going to be a tough game. And unfortunately, just being realistic, if I had to really put money on it, I would give the edge to Utah State on this one. Yeah, I mean, I concur with your analysis almost entirely. Uh, I do know the only thing I'm noting look at Utah State's schedule is the week following the Air Force game, they do play BYU. So that's obviously worth something to them and perhaps maybe they get caught looking ahead. I don't see that happening. I still see Utah state winning that game. Yeah, it's possible, but I think, um, as a team, just kind of trying to grow their clout and make themselves stand out. Uh, like when you consider the fact that we have Boise state and Fresno state in the conference, I think they want to be considered on par with them. So I, it certainly is possible, but I don't think that they'll be overlooking a conference game. So that would be the only thing I would say to that. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's not the Holy War um, for them. And, and but and I think Scott's point is correct. I think that if 
because of the fact that they're in the mountain division, right, and they have Boise State that they're going to have to surpass in order to get to the championship game for the Mountain West Conference, and I'm sure they have those aspirations with Jordan Love at quarterback this year. Um, Air Force, at least pr- prediction-wise, would be the team right behind them in the you know preseason poll. Uh, I don't think they overlook this game, and I I would be I think it'll be a close game, but I, but I, I tend to think that if I was betting, I would give that that edge to Utah State. We have them at four and four right now. Four and four. All right. Four and four. So four and four. We're doing five hundred. We're two games away from a bowl, um, bowl eligibility. But then we welcome the Army West Point Black Knights of the Hudson to Colorado Springs. Um, last time Army went out to Colorado Springs, I don't need to remind Scott or Air Force listeners what happened. Probably, but last year was a much closer game. Right, they got shut out two years ago, but last year, very close game, kind of a heartbreaker, I felt like, for Air Force, and that they were in that game. It was kind of a weird game, like all the CIC games tend to be. Um, so, Scott, what are your thoughts on, on Army? I think Army's time is up. <laughs> I think Jeff Jeff Munkin is, and, and I'm being dead serious when I really think this, um, I think Jeff Munkin's a great coach, but I think he's done, he's pulled out all of the fundamental stops um, but at the end of the day, they're very basic. What has he done? He plays the statistics on when it comes to going for fourth down um, conversions. And he said he wants to limit mistakes on defense. So now all Air Force has to do is expose that, force them to make mistakes, um, really prepare ourselves to take them on the line. And people forget, um, especially on the internet and in the court of public opinion, that the score was only 17-14 last year. It's not like Army is this this dominating team that everybody wants to believe that they are. Um, so I think we've already seen them multiple times. I know that a lot of these players, especially the seniors who haven't had good results since they've been playing, most of them have not actually dressed for a game. Um, the air force has won against West point. So I think that air force is going to go into the game with a chip on his shoulder. I think West point is going to have a shockingly bad season this year because I think they're going to be extremely cocky. I, and, and this is probably a hot take, but I've been, I've been thinking about it. I think they're going to come in too confident. I don't think their game plan is complex enough. I think that Jeff Bunkin's kind of a one-trick pony, um, and I think Air Force is going to take this. Pow, pow. man, this is. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if we want to invite Scott onto the Army preview if we're trying to get downloads. <laughs> uh, I mean, still, when you look at it, the Air Force, Air Force as an opponent for Army is still might might be like what the second third hardest team of the year i mean so yep. it's hard for me to say they're not gonna win uh you know nine or ten games necessarily but i see what you're saying uh and i do think army was on the right side of a lot of close wins last year so maybe they don't you know it's not as fortuitous uh this time around but when you look at this which is different from the navy air force kind of rivalry where it was kind of the home field advantage back and forth obviously when you look at army Army struggled for almost a decade there, so didn't really put up a team that could necessarily compete against Navy and Air Force. So it's hard to make that necessarily a distinguishing factor. Um, and just because I want to put this down to Justin, I'm going to make I'm going to pick Army, yeah, so it's one to one. So he has to make the pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, do, do you just tell me, do I go hard or head on this pick? Because you don't know which one's which. I think you got to go with your gut. So heart, not head, or is, is gut? Gut is head, right? Like what? What I actually... uh, the the gut biome is controlled by the brain, but um, okay. I think when but it also, you know, the heart wants what it wants. So if you want like cheesecake in your gut, so I think it's a combination. Of that. Uh, that didn't help me at all. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, I'll just say this. I think um, I'm not as uh, to to both of your points. Uh, I'm not as pessimistic on army season i think they have a really good team coming back i think they have a really good quarterback i think that they have a really good back seven uh, on defense especially that secondary um i think obviously they're coming off their most successful season i agree with austin that there were some close calls so it may um the ball may not bounce their way every time in some of those games this year army fans think they're going 12 and 0 this year including beating michigan in the big house um so i'm not saying that's not possible um but you know, in like Austin's Austin's point, they they don't have a very tough schedule outside of um, a couple of games. So they still probably have a good season. They're definitely going to be a bowl team. Um, and Army is going to Colorado, and in the same way that I think Navy, one of the edges for Navy in the Navy Air Force game is Navy's just kind of 
it, it, it outside of the home field advantage thing, just they just need that CIC win, and they're going to be playing for that. Um, I think the way that Air Force lost last year on the road at Army, coming on the hinge or on the heels, I mean, of the shutout, blowout, uh, or whatever, twenty-one nothing, twenty nothing, whatever it was in Colorado two years ago. Um, I'm going to agree with Scott. I think that I think that Air Force, and this will be considered a big upset at this point because I think Army will be whatever seven and one or whatever coming into this game. Um, with especially if it's a close loss to Michigan, um, potentially, you know, potentially ranked um, coming into this game, and I think I think Air Force wins this game. There it is. All right, let's let's blow through uh, New Mexico here. Do we even talk about New Mexico? The worst team in the conference. Uh, Austin asked me maybe two episodes ago who <laughs> I would kick out of the conference if I had my druthers. It would be New Mexico. They're a joke. I don't understand their recruiting. Their players are not good. All right, so that's a win. They, they lost to Liberty. Like That's a win, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, all right, so let's finish up. We have two games left in the season. Um and you, you already alluded to the fact that these kind of bounce back and forth as the last game and the two that we kind of thought of, you know, as, as for me and Austin, outside rivalries, the Colorado State, the Wyoming game. Um, Colorado State comes first. That's, that's away um, in Fort Collins uh, on November 16th. Close game last year, kind of a weird game last year. I remember watching that game like this is, I don't know, it was probably my least favorite Air Force game I watched all year. Um, and, yeah, but but Mike Bobo had his health, health challenges last year. He should be back kind of at full strength this year. So um, he seems to have a, a knack for getting the most out of players, I suppose. So what are your thoughts on Colorado State? Uh, I can actually kind of combine these a little bit. If you just want to like talk about them, we can just kind of shotgun them. Um, I, yeah, these are our quote unquote rivalry games just to kind of set the scene. It's cold. Um, it's that time of year when, when it just gets windy, the wind's howling. You see players jumping up and down on the sidelines. Um, it's around, there's always kind of some controversy about the game around Thanksgiving, which this year is going to be the Wyoming game, um, because they always kind of threaten to make the cadets stay over Thanksgiving or come back early to go to the game. Um, and so I, I think that both these teams, when I, when I talk about it, the stock mountain West teams, and the reason why I said that I don't think, um, I don't think that Colorado State is a huge rivalry, and it kind of goes back and forth with Wyoming. Is because I think those these games pretty much always go as expected. If Air Force is a better team, if they have a better schedule um, thus far, uh, I think they usually have a chance. They usually beat Wyoming, um, and I think more often than not, Air Force beats Colorado State no matter what. Because um, quite frankly, they're just not as good. And once again. Um, it's just the nature of the beast. You know, good players in Colorado and, the, and regionally, they go to Colorado. They don't go to Colorado State. Um, and so there is the Ram Falcon Trophy aspect of it, but I think that at this point in the season, depending on where we're at and where we're kind of at a 500 um, right now, I think Air Force can pull out the win on both of these teams. They're going to have a more difficult time against Wyoming, um, but Wyoming, same same thing, you know, not great stats, just kind of a workhorse team. They kind of all play together and kind of do like a pseudo pro style offense. Um, and I think we just want to get our win, get out of there, and see what happens with with going bowling. I I like uh, Air Force in, in both of these games. Um, I, I'm not high on Colorado State. I know it's it's the rivalry game, and it's at Colorado State. They get the week off, and what I consider the big rivalry game is the Wyoming game, and. Um, I think, uh, dang, at this rate, I can't believe it because the consensus is going to put us at like eight and four. Yeah. So just, just to clarify, Scott, you went Air Force wins for both of those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would go. I would if I was. I would, if I was. It's not going to matter because you both went wins there. But I would say uh, Air Force win at Colorado State, um, and at Colorado State, and actually a loss at home against Wyoming. That would just be what I would what I would throw out there. Um, but. Yeah, that I mean the consensus would give us eight and four with, um, the w- which games were split then the Navy game and the Wyoming game and the Army game, and the Colorado game. So the, those would probably be the toss ups. There is where we kind of had a split. Um, somebody had to make a deciding vote. So those are maybe your four toss up games where the season could hang between. Yeah, I mean like four so anywhere between four, four and eight, eight, eight and four. four. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> Maybe if you wanted to say they would definitely win one of those, then you'd say between five and seven and eight and four. And I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a reasonable assumption between five and seven and eight and four. If they were worse than five and seven, really bad year. Um, five and seven meant they didn't play up to their potential and a couple of you know fell apart in a couple of games perhaps. 
um, and then you start getting into to bowl. But I think I think the ceiling is about eight and four, which we put them at. Maybe nine and three is the ceiling, and we gave them eight and four. But Fan, Fanduel had them at six and a half on the over under. So we took the over. We but did. we split it. We split it down the middle, though. I'm so. not. I'm not touching it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not touching that either, and I'm not probably not touching Navy's either when we get to that next week. So, any final thoughts on uh, on the Air Force schedule or anything you want to throw out, Scott? This is your show. Yeah, just the last thing. I mean, it's it's just a big we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of people who I think they probably have kind of their jobs on the line. There's a lot of players who. I think are very good on off on uh, Air Force who haven't had a chance to kind of show out and go to a bowl game and and play and have a good season and live up to what Air Force has done only just a few years ago. Um, so I think it's going to be a good season for Air Force if they can keep their heads about them. If Troy Calhoun really goes all in, I think he's kind of gotten down in the mouth and kind of gave up for the last few seasons. So I think if we can really make those turn turnarounds. Um, the talent's there. The talent is absolutely there with all the players, I, and I think we have great leadership on the team. Um, I think we're established. It's just going to come down to really the planning and who wants it more. Hey, I'm all I'm all for Air Force going eight and four if that Navy game goes how we how me and Austin said it was going <laughs> to go. Go go at it. Have have fun. Go eight and four. <laughs> Enjoy the Las Vegas Bowl. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I, I think that's a, a eight four would be a great season for Air Force, obviously. And and Austin, you have any final thoughts? No, uh, if the over under is eight, I'm going with the under, but uh, I'm not touching six and a half. Yeah. So Austin's always he's, he's your betting man. We should just betting questions go to him. Maybe we'll do a segment each. I wish, we definitely will. You know, we're gonna do that once we get into football season. You're our guy for for our weekly segment on uh, on the betting on Service Academy football. You kind of ran that last year on the on the yeah. site anyways so i don't know how good i did but <laughs> well how about I write about them but I, I never actually put any money down on like any of them <laughs> i was gonna say that's that's the real difference when you have to put down the so, money then we see where the betting goes so what if we i i don't know i mean what if we like said we were going to uh make you put ten dollars a game down for or five dollars a game down and uh maybe if we have a sponsor at the end the sponsor covers uh any losses hopefully that we don't have but then any winnings <laughs> any winnings that we make uh we donate to a, a veteran service organization or something like that I yeah, we'll get to thinking that sounds cool we'll all figure right. something out all right well, well we'll be on that until next time um sorry we only gave you guys one break today sp nation is probably not gonna be happy if they actually listen to this and know that but um we'll, we'll be back next time with i'm guessing navy um kayla's kayla's been out in the field we'll give her a little chance to catch up get back into the swing of life and we'll be back next week with the Navy schedule preview. Uh, this has been the Against All Enemies podcast. Thanks for listening. Congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. I can't find no more. I can't find no more. Army, for the second year, has won it. To the winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcon.